We are so glad that you guys are with us, whether you're in person or watching online. You know, one of the things that's interesting over this last year or so, that online has become a very part, a major part of our life. Uh, it's absolutely part of our church life. I, I talk to people all the time. They're going, oh, you know, I, I, sometimes I don't come in person or I haven't come back in person, but I watch online. We hear that all the time. And so even if you're watching remotely anywhere, you know, throughout the week, you are absolutely part of us. It's, it's a wonderful thing with technology to, to continue to keep the church connected. And so, you know, as, as part of this service and, and, you know, before I get into my message, I wanted to just give a little bit of a building update. Uh, if that's okay, periodically, we're, we're just telling you guys what's going on, where we're at, the, thi- the amazing things that are happening uh, with the building, and, and more now than ever before, I have people, you know, tell me, I see the building, and isn't it funny, I go like this, like people are texting me, I see the building, and, and you know, and, and uh, just give encouragement, and that's an inc- a wonderful thing, Th- they love it, they see how big it is, I know many of you, you have gone to the site and walked around, and just FYI, if you haven't done that yet, you are welcome to. Uh, our superintendent, he may approach you, which is fine. He actually works for you. Uh, so you can tell him, I'm here, don't worry. Like, I got things, like things are in charge, I'm on the scene now. And so it's your building. Like, I just, I want you to, to recognize that. So go in, walk around, you know, get a little self-guided tour, that type thing, because uh, you're part of it. And, and there's amazing things that are happening over these next couple of months, but we are so, so very close we're looking at the end of June, beginning of July timeframe uh, to be able to be in, which is incredible. So our, in, uh, in church world, in portable church world, the setup team goes less than 10 weeks. Like, so now we're counting down, you know, it's, it's less than 10 fingers. So that's incredible for us as a church in the journey. And so what I also wanted to do is I wanted to give a financial update. I know so many of you have been giving uh, to the FF&E, which is the Furniture, Furnishings, and Equipment, uh, the capital campaign that we launched out in, because it's great to have a building. You know, we, we raised a bunch of money to have the building and, and are, are borrowing money to fi- fin- finish, finish the structure, and then we need the, the stuff that goes inside of it. And so we launched out on that uh, several months ago, and uh, many of you contributed. And so I wanted to give you just an incredible, like, praise report. I, we shared that our goal was four, is 434000 and then with that, our, uh, really, our goal was 217000 because we had somebody step forward to be willing to be a matching donor. And that's amazing. Like, that's incredible. That's miraculous in the way that God used them to provide that for the church. And so uh, I just, I wanted to share with you that, like, they have stepped up and stepped through uh, and, and given not only just 50%, but over 50% of that matching funds. So that's incredible. So right now we're currently at $408,000 worth of giving. And so that's, that's something we praise God about. Uh, we celebrate God uh, because of that. And so, I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if you can see the tiny little gap in my fingers, but we are so very close on that. And so many of you have continued to give. And so you can see there's a, a small little balance due, and, and many of you, you made a 12-month commitment or a 9-month commitment, and you're continuing to give. So as you do that, uh, you know, you will wrap that, you know, total giving campaign up, which is incredible. But one of the things that I want to share with you is on, on your seat, we are giving out our pledge cards one more time. And, and so I just want to share with this with you because over the course of any project, there's always some contingency, and if you've ever done a new construction, there's always change orders, and so it's things that along the way that change and are adjusted. So 
Uh, when we got this original bid from our contractor, it was over a year and a half ago. And if you're in that industry, you know that material costs have gone up, labor costs have gone up. So we've actually incurred additional costs. We're not crying. We're not pouting. We're not sorrowful. But I did want to communicate there is still uh, a, an opportunity for you to give. And so if you have not yet made a pledge, if you have not yet given to the building fund, I would encourage you to pray, to, to ask the Lord to say, okay, you know, they're so close. It's kind of that last water station before you finish the 5K. Like you can be that. You can be refreshment to this church and give and give generously. So we would ask that you would give, uh, take this. And if you're a single person, just pray about what, what you can afford, you know, in your budget. If you're married, we would ask that you speak with your spouse. You know, how can you, in be, how can you be involved to help get us across this finish line that we are so close to do. And, and, and so I just want to say, like, uh, if you wanted to make, like, a three-month commitment, that will definitely get us to the point where that will help us to, to finish up because we have the move-in date, and then just like any, any big project, there will be invoices that come after, like, hey, you still have to pay this. So just be aware, if you wanted to pray about a three-month commitment, you know, one of our goals was to have 100% involvement where when you walk into that building, you're going to be like, I'm part of this, and you will want that, I, I promise you. So uh, we would ask that you would fill this out, that you would slip it in, and you can also do this online as well. But this is a, a great opportunity uh, to give. And I also wanted to share, over these last uh, couple of months of finishing up the building, there are going to be a couple of opportunities for us to work uh, on the site. Uh, so one of them coming up very quickly is we're going to need to paint a couple of items. We're not painting the whole building. We're not painting the outside or even the inside. But there's some specialty items. It's actually at the very top of the auditorium. Uh, so we're talking about 20 feet up, and, and we have lifts, and, and so we're gonna, we, we need help to do that. So if you are a painter or you're somewhat good at painting, we're going to like paint a line of black and then black above because you can see even in this building right here in this room you know there, there's a, a level where you kind of don't want to see the ceiling and that's absolutely the way our build our room is designed in the auditorium so we need a little bit of help to paint about eight feet and up just black and so uh, if you're interested in that you'll hear more about that but I wanted to say that out loud because that's going to happen uh, pretty quick over these next couple of weeks so if you can do that we'd love to have your involvement all right so we have been talking about studying the Bible, how to study the Bible, diving into God's Word. This has been so important uh, for us as a church. I hope that it's been a milestone series for you, that you've been soaping and reading and studying and, and, and digesting God's Word and allowing it to marinate inside of your soul and who, and who you are. Uh, and so I'm so excited. This is week four, but I did want to give you a heads up. Next week will be week five, and I will be preaching on women in ministry. Uh, women in, min in ministry and in leadership in churches is one of the often debated items in churches, and so I'm going to be going after it and going after it big time. And so if you're interested in that, I'd encourage you to come back next week or watch online or invite a person that if you've ever talked to, uh, because it's obvious, you know, for us as Great Church, my wife leads with me. We're a co-pastor team, and we want to dive into Scripture and, and show you why. And so if you've ever had people go, oh, you know, they have a woman pastor, and I know we've heard that, and you maybe have as well, I would just say, bring them. Bring them. Let, let, us, let us take a look at Scripture and see what it says together. So that's next week. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited. I already wrote it. And I'm like, man, can't. And so I just, I'm, I'm excited about what that is. But so today is week four. And I, I'm excited about this as well. And maybe you noticed that there's a, a plate and a fork. Because I got a surprise for you. Today's potluck Sunday. 
Today's Potluck Sunday at Grace Church, so, you know, I, I brought some fried chicken with me. We, you, you guys have your plate and your fork, so I brought some fried chicken. I don't know if you're a leg person or a wing person, but, you know, so I got some fried chicken up here for you. And then whenever you go to a potluck, you, there's always, like, some type of salad. You know, those of us that are a little bit younger, we don't like macaroni salad, but it's often one of the popular items in a, in a, in a, in a potluck. And it's like you, you grab that and you get it and you go, oh, that's delicious and so you know you, you throw some macaroni salad on on your plate for your potluck and then every potluck the best table is always the last table which is the dessert table and so I don't know about you but I'm a reverse server so I start at the dessert table and I go backwards like I'll grab my plate and I'll skip the line and be like y'all you know, like I'm just gonna start right here so you know we just we do the cookie thing or the brownie thing it's super popular you know dessert table and so how many of you have ever been to a, a, a potluck at a church? You know, maybe a previous church that you've been into? Yeah, so just so many hands go up. So for us here at Grace Church, we haven't done like an official potluck, but we've done a number of picnics over the, over the years, which is the same thing. Hey, bring this dish according to the first letter of your last name. That's potluck. Like, that's how it works. We just haven't ca called it potluck because we're cool, and, and so we're just, we're hip and trendy, and so we're, we call it picnic. And so, you know, we just, that's just the reality. But what happens, you know, if, if everyone comes hungry to the potluck, but they don't bring anything with them? Uh, it, it, it's a little bit chaotic, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, if, if a store is having this closing sale, you know, let's say it's your favorite electronic store, and they say we're going to open the doors at 9 a.m., and everything's 75% off, and, and you like, like you get this, you start drooling, or you get this tingle up your spine, and you're going, how early before 10 a.m. do I have to get there so I can make sure that what? That I get the item and the piece that I'm looking for because it might not be there. And so what that is, is that's scarcity. Think about it. If, if you understand just human behavior, wh what happens is we have scarcity in our life. So, you know, at a potluck, like I, I've got um, about eight pieces of chicken and, you know, some cookies and stuff and, and some of this macaroni salad and stuff. But I have a dilemma, don't I? I've got a dilemma right now because, you know, based on the quantity of food that I brought for potluck Sunday, I now have to choose who gets food and who doesn't now i'm fully aware that most of us probably all of us we would never show up to a potluck sunday empty-handed and in fact if i had given you a little tip on social media that it was potluck sunday many of you would be like I, I brought my you know my stuff my dish you know you would never knowingly do that but in order to do that if you did that on purpose let's just say circumstantially you would have to believe some things about yourself that actually are not true. In order to show up at a potluck empty-handed, you would have to think, well, nobody really is going to care. Uh, if I show up and it's potluck Sunday, it's announced, and I show up empty-handed, like nobody's going to notice, nobody's really going to care uh, if, I, if I don't bring anything. Or, or the second thing that you might think is, well, you know, my dish isn't going to be good enough. I, I've, I know that person and what they make, and they're a good cook. Or, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't want to bring macaroni salad. Or, you know, it's not going to be good enough anyway. Which, by the way, at the end of all this, if you're a macaroni salad fan, it's yours. Like, help yourself. Um, but then, you know, the third thing that you might think is that the other guests aren't going to need it. 
Isn't that so true? We go, oh, it's it, like there's going to be so many people that bring so much food. I, I, I don't really need to bring anything. There's going to be plenty for everyone. And so here's what I want to say out loud is it's the same way with coming to church empty handed. And so what I want to do is I want to communicate four different understandings, four different truths about you, about yourself and who you are. And the first one is that I matter to Jesus. And I, I just, I need you to say that out loud. Go ahead and say, I matter to Jesus. Do, do you think that? Do you believe that? Do you understand to how much you matter to Jesus? And so recognize that. Like Jesus chooses you. He picked you. He wants you. He loves you. He's passionate about you. Not, not so much for what you do, but just simply because of who you are. He looks at you and he says, man, they're, they're valuable. They're an incredible possession. I, I cherish them in who they are. And so what happens is Jesus accepts us in just simply because of who we are, because we're one of God's kids. And so we matter. We matter a lot. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Do you see the language in there? Like, wow! I mean, God loves you. He likes you. He not just only loves you, he likes you. He enjoys spending time with you. He's so proud of us with who we are and, 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 and how we continue to follow after him. And so scripture is very clear that when we're in Christ, you know, we become a child of God. People talk about that all the time, being a child of God. The only way we get that is because of, the, of Christ and who he is. And the Lord delights in us when that takes place. We're forgiven of all the stuff from the past. We're restored and made whole and born again and new in spirit and with a new life in, ahead of us. And we're so loved. And the thing that's incredible is even, even before we accepted Christ, he loved us then. And afterwards as well, regardless of what we do. It just is, is overwhelming to me, the magnitude and the perspective of God's love. And so I matter, like you've got to say that. You've got to personalize this as I matter to Jesus. And the second truth I want to share with you about yourself is that I matter to his church. You need to recognize that you matter. Like you play a part in God's church here at Grace Church and in the church globally. I mean, that, that's the plan that God had to, to expand his kingdom. He's like, I'm going to send Jesus to bring the kingdom. I'm going to empower them with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to make churches. That's the plan. So you're part of the plan. You're part of the church, and you matter. And here's, I want to say this very clearly. We need you. Like here at Grace Church, we need you. And, you know, I, I gave the, the building update at the beginning of the message, and we're so excited. And to say that we have a great opportunity would be like an understatement. I mean, we, we have just this incredible opportunity squared, you know, to the third power, to the infinity power. It just is, is it's astounding on what maybe, maybe God just might do. And so to, I've, I've, all my friends that are in ministry, people in the church, that all of them say, yeah, you know, when Grace Church gets into the building, you'll probably see some growth. You'll probably see some new people come, you, you know, some community involvement. And so I just want to share with you very clearly I, I absolutely am praying and believing for a 
greater platform as a church to grow and disciple people, but even more so in the community. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I love church. I love church building. I think it's great. But I, my eyes for the community have gotten much bigger. The vision and the, the, the we want it to expand the impact and the reach that we have and transform the Space Coast. And that's our vision statement. And so I just wanted to share with you that. If you're new to Grace Church, here's our vision statement. It's that Grace Church exists to transform the Space Coast with the radical love of Jesus. The same love that you and I have received and we get to walk in. We get to be part of a church and bring that same transformative lifestyle and, and love and grace to other people in our community and do it in a very effective way. And th that's, that's who we are. That's our vision. That's what we're all about. So to me, you know, having a building is great. I, I, it's cool. It's been a goal of mine for the last several years. But when it's just a building that's not used for God's glory, it's just a building. It's just a structure. But when God is using it and his Holy Spirit is inside of it and people's lives are being changed as a result of that facility, of that resource, like to me, it, we can expect the miraculous. Why not? I mean, God has done miracles in our lives. Why not the other people that aren't yet part of us? And so as part of the building and the vision, you know, I'm a very strategic leader, strategic thinker. Uh, if you haven't been around me very much, that's just kind of how I am. I'm very purposeful and intentional on how I live my life. So what, what I did is I set out what's called a thematic goal. Uh, if, if you're into leadership, like I, that's in one of the books that I read. So a thematic goal is about 9 to 12 months. It could be 6 months, but generally it, it needs to be big enough and large enough that it, could, it occupies your whole entire year. And so my thematic goal for our church is to optimize on the momentum that a new building brings. And all of you that are leaders, like you just, you got this shiver up your spine. You just went, oh, he's speaking my language. Like optimize on the momentum that a new facility brings. No doubt, new facility is amazing. Love it. Is it going to bring momentum? Yeah. Optimize. How in the world are we going to optimize on that? It's you. Just we need you to be willing to buy in so that we can optimize on what that structure gives us. It's you. It's people. It's the church. So I want to share with you in Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. It says, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip. Everybody say equip. Equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard in Christ. And so that's you. That's, that's us. That's our church. That's who we are. We are uh, like my role is to equip you and to empower you, to dive into God's word, to help you to become all that God has for you in your life. And so I matter to Jesus. I matter to the church. And so I hope that you can personalize those two things. Because the third one I need you to personalize is that I have something to bring. I have something to bring to, to offer. So God gives us gifts. Every single one of us. 
He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us you know, physical attributes, character traits, th- uh, talents and abilities. God puts those inside. He gives us desires. Do you ever wonder why you like and love the things that, that you do? Like God puts those passions inside of us. But then he asks us to share them. He's like, I put this inside of you, but it's actually not for you. It's so you can, you know, build up my body and expand my kingdom and share Jesus with other people. Like, that's why God gave us what he did. And so the thing that's incredible is when we do that, we actually find and have all the purpose and the joy that we want. We've longed for purpose. You, you, like, don't you understand? We want to do something important, something that's bigger than us. We all have that inside of us. We want to be joyful. We want to be more than just happy. We want to have joy in our heart. And the only way to do that is to walk in God's purpose and calling that he's put in our life. So, so let me just, let me share another story with you about uh, bringing something, like that we have something to bring. And it's the, the story in scripture that may be familiar to you. Uh, if, it's, if, if, you're, if you don't read the Bible much, you probably have still heard of this. So it's one of the miracles that takes place when Jesus feeds the 5,000. So Bible scholars actually believe it's more than 5,000 people. But so let me give you a little bit of context on what's going on. And and I know like I have food up here and now I'm going to talk about food again. So I know you're hungry, but like I'm sorry, this is just it's potluck Sunday. So here's the deal, feeding the 5,000, just the context, what's going on. You have thousands upon thousands of people that are following Jesus at this point. I mean, homeboy is popular. He doesn't need social media like he's performing miracles and the blind are seeing and the dead are rising. He, like, he doesn't need that. that that's, that's already viral. Like, it's out. They're there. They're hanging out with him. They want to see. They want to experience. You know, the, 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 uh, many of them believe that he's God's son as he's declaring. And so they're following after him. They at least know he's a good teacher and, and their faith is being bolstered. And so here's the deal. There's all these people and Jesus is, is hospitable. So he's like, hey. Let's serve everybody lunch. It's potluck Sunday. Like, let's serve everybody lunch. And so what he does is, like any good leader, he, he, he delegates. He's like, hey, you guys go buy the food for lunch, for potluck Sunday. Go and buy them. And you know, you know what happens is, is one of the disciples goes, like, Jesus, you're kidding me. This would be so expensive. This is, this is like feeding a small village. I mean, so he comes up with an excuse because of expense. But then one of the other disciples, he notices a little boy that had a small basket of chicken, some cookies, and some macaroni salad. Five loaves and two fish. This young boy is there. John chapter 6, verse 8. Let me read the next verses for you. So then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd here's where jesus steps in tell everyone to sit down jesus said so they all sat down on the grassy slope the men numbered about five thousand. then there were women and children as well then jesus took the loaves gave thanks to god he distributed them to the people afterward he did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted But the thing that's interesting is they didn't think that the small amount would have such a big splash, did they? They, When when the disciples said, yeah, but there's this little boy, 
and he's got some minnows and some goldfish and, and some crackers. Like, they did not think that that would make a difference at all. He, he just, like, can't you just see this, this young disciple going, uh, but there's this Jesus, and he's kind of hoping that he said the right answer. Like, I, just, I can just see that taking place. But so I have to pose the question to you is, are you willing to bring something? Because they look at that amount and they go, what difference is this going to make? This is one small lunch for this boy. There's thousands of people here. What's this going to matter? Are you willing to bring something? Well, you know, I I get it. Like, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but the church doesn't really need what I have. You know, when, when, when I look at the building, the building's almost done, they're almost completed, it's just a couple of months, they don't really need my pledge, you know, at this point in time. Somebody else will step up and, well, you know, when, when I came to Grace Church, I was actually kind of impressed at, at what they did and how they did things, and I could tell they've got it together, so they probably don't need me to serve. They probably have enough people serving already. Are you willing to give something even if it's small so just a a personal story with this um many people come up to me and they'll go man i i don't know how you do what you do uh no doubt it's it's a challenging job to lead a church but when you're called by god i mean as long as you stay humble and pursue after him like he does it and it's it's neat to see it happen but there's times in my life over these last, you know, several years where, you know, I've kind of come to a place where I, I, I would hit a wall. Like I was struggling, I was depleted, I was stressed, there's just lots of stuff, I, I was tired, there was just different struggles in my life. And so the reason I bring that up is because, you know, I, I have several things in my life that I'm passionate about. Uh, one of them is hunting. You know, if, if you're an animal lover, I love animals too. They taste great. And so I've had that is not meant to be offensive in any way. Like, it's just a joke, okay? It's just a joke. So, but here's, here's why I say that. Because, so I love it. Like, I just, I love being outside. I do. I just, I enjoy adventurous things. It's just, it's how God has wired me. So along the way, I've had a, a few very close friends that they take me. Uh, th- th- they take, they're like, hey, come, come, let's go hunting. Hey, let, let's, let's go out in the woods. Hey, why don't you come with me and, you know, we'll go on this short little trip or we'll, we'll do an overnight type thing. And, and, and so they'll, they'll say, come with me or they'll go with me because I, I go as well. And so I'll invite people as well. And here's the deal. It, it's not so much if there's success with the hunt. It's just the fact of, you know what? It's a break. It's a break from life. It's a break from the routine. It's seemingly small to go walk around for a few hours in the woods or sit, you know, where there's mosquitoes. It's seemingly small, but it's, it has such a big impact on me and the other people that I know that enjoy that as well. And, and hunting might not be for you, and I get it, but you probably have that thing. You know, whether it's sitting down under your umbrella by the pool reading a novel or going out for a run or it's like there's something, it, it's seemingly small, but it has such a big impact, doesn't it? And so I, I have to tell you, you have something to offer, and it's not small. You might think it's small, but it has a big impact, and it makes a big difference. And so here's why I say that, because the fourth point is, the body 
is incomplete without me. I need you to understand that. This is a statement that, that you need to make right now. The body of Christ is incomplete without you. And so there is no us without you. Uh, and here's what I want to share. In human terms, right, so if you look at the human body, if someone is missing a limb, maybe they're an amputee or, you know, a war hero, they lost it, you know, in war or battle, or, or they, they, you know, they, they had some, maybe a diabetic problem, and so they lost maybe a foot, or, you know, so if they're losing a limb, if they've lost a limb, or, or if they have a body part that's not functioning right, an organ that's not working the way that it was designed to do, we call that disabled, don't we? And, and, and that's not an offensive term. That's not meant to be, you know, harsh or inconsiderate. It's that, you know, if, if there's something wrong with the body, then that person is considered disabled. And so let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And I'm going to read a few different verses in this chapter. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We get it. That's the body. That's the church. Continuing in the, form, in, uh, in the next verses. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird, but how would it hear? Or if your whole body is an ear, how would you smell anything? But... Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Let's jump down to verse 26. If one part suffers, then all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Now, it's, it's possible, even probable, if you've grown up, at, up in the church, you've heard messages about this, or maybe you've read this, you know, in soap before, uh, but you, like, we get this, like, Paul is writing, and he's making an analogy here that about the body and, and, and us as a church. And so here's what we do as Christ Church, it, at Grace Church. We want you to connect. Like w when you look at our body, our body is connected. If, if the hand is disconnected from the wrist and it's just on its own, like it's not connected there. So one, one of the values that we have is we feel like we're better together. As a church, God designed us to meet together, to, to have corporate worship, to meet online, to have connection groups. We're better together when we're in groups, when we're in relationship with other Christ followers. It's actually a biblical mandate that we're to follow. And so then as a result of being together and being connected, what happens? We grow, don't we? We get encouraged when we're down and struggling. There's somebody else there to, to encourage and pick us up and to help us along the way. We get to encourage others. When they're struggling, we get to be a blessing to them. We get to learn, gain in knowledge and, 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 and understanding of God's word. We get to be used in the community and in the church, like that's extreme, we grow. We grow when we're in Christ, when we're in community, and so we get to also serve. One of the ways that we grow is by serving. And so, to me, our approach 
to church should be bring something and come hungry. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, people will tell me, they're like, man, you know, I I appreciate the way that you teach God's word. It connects with me. I relate. And and I like, thank you so much. Like God speaks to me and just things just go, you know, and I love to do it. I'm passionate about it. But I want to tell you, you have something to bring. It's not just about you coming to eat and feast. It's about bringing something as well. Because when you look at statistics of the church, of the American church, there's a small percentage of people that tithe. There's a small percentage of people that serve. There's a small percentage of people that bring others to church with them. So when you do a potluck, and when you do a potluck right, at the end of the potluck, there's always enough and there's leftovers. There's always more than you need. You know, if you've got the hungry teenage boy and, and you go, no, just wait till everybody's gone through. When he wants to go through th- for the fifth time, you're like, there's enough. There's enough, bro. Like, just chill. You don't have to eat the plate, too. Or, you know, like, okay, just wait. Like, there, I promise. When you do potluck right, there's always more than enough. And so much so that you can bless other people on the way out. And everyone knows. We all know. Even if it's potluck Sunday, we're like, Hey, you know, oh my gosh, you know, my friend is there. I talked to them. I bumped into them, you know, getting a coffee. Or I saw them at the grocery store. I was walking, you know, my dog right on a Sunday morning. I just, hey, why don't you come to church? You know, it come, and they actually said yes. And you go, oh, it's potluck Sunday. You don't have to worry about there being enough food. You don't. You don't have to worry because you know when church is done right, when potluck Sunday is done right, there's going to be more than enough. And in fact, when you walk in with that person, nobody's going to mind that they didn't bring the cookies. Like, they're not going to care what their first letter of their last name is. They're not going to care about that at all. In fact, they're going to be glad. And they're going to look at you, and and you're going to say, you can sit at my table because I know I have plenty. That's what happens, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, I just don't feel like I have much to offer. Then bring chips and salsa. Okay, like it, bring a store-bought dessert, like, like you just, you know, maybe use five bucks. I mean, like bring something, bring enough to share. Well, you know, I get it, but it's just not a good time for me. I'm so busy right now with life and things and kids, and I just would challenge you, you know, when you lay out the priorities of your life, If God is number one and God is saying the church is my answer for lost people and for the world, I just, I feel like church should also be higher on our priority list. Well, you know, I just, I want to find a church that that meets my needs. I want to find a church, you know, where they they teach God's word and they're doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, I just kind of want to be there. I want to be in a church like that. I don't need to say much with that because I know you get it. Like my goal is not to bring condemnation or judgment, just to state the facts and the reality of where we're at at it as a church, the momentum that we see, and the opportunity to optimize on what a facility brings. Because when we do this together, when we do it right, I not only have enough food for my plate for my kids, 
but I have enough for other people. And so the difference is let's stop thinking out of scarcity, okay? Like I talked about scarcity, and like it changes us. When we feel that there's lack of resources, that, that affects us, the way that we think and feel. And so what am I inviting you into? I'm inviting you to go all in uh, with Grace Church. That's another one of our core values, to, to come on in, like be part of the body, fill your role. I, I don't need you to be something that you're not. I just need you to be part of us and who we are. And, and so I just, I want to encourage you because we're all looking to be part of something that's bigger than us. And I, it's right in front of you, okay? It's, you're, it's this, like this is bigger than us. And so we have a huge opportunity, uh, no doubt. But I, I want to say very clearly, we can't do it without you. Without you stepping up and being involved in serving. And so we have opportunities for you, for like whatever it is that you're good at, whatever you like to do. Even if you don't like people, we have supportive roles where you don't have to talk to anybody. If you love, like seriously, there, like there's so many things that go on throughout the week and, and administrative roles and computer roles and tech roles. And yeah, is, is Sunday a big deal for us? Of course, it's, it's corporate worship. We have kids ministry, you know, we have hospital, so many things. Are, but we have connection groups throughout the week and opportunities to serve in the community. We just want you to be with us, like connect in. This is amazing. So you can sign up in the lobby. Uh, and an opportunity to, to, and a role to fill, you can click on join you know, the, dr- the dream team. We call it the dream team, you know, and, and we all serve together. So that's what I'm inviting you into, something amazing and powerful that God wants to do in and through us, and we need you to do that. And so would you pray with me right now? So Lord God, we come before you, and Father, we thank you that you're powerful and strong and amazing. Lord, I, I just we delight in you. God, we know we can't do this without you. So many times in our life, Lord, we've tried to do things on our own and we've failed. And so God, right now, we make this bold declaration that we want to join up with you. We want to join up with the angels and your Holy Spirit to do heavenly things, to do miraculous things. And that only happens because of you. God, we make ourselves available to be used by you. Would you speak now, Lord, through your word, through your scripture, to us, through your inspiration of your Holy Spirit, lead us in every way. Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives, in our marriages, in our kids, at work, in the community, Lord, and through Grace Church. In Jesus' name.